there everybody and welcome back to another episode of Between the Shadows. This is Kara. This is Kristen. And we are back. We wrapped up Bill Malloy last week. Sure did. And we're talking about Laura this week, which kind of slightly overlaps into the Bill Malloy and Matthew Morgan story. And, you know, at the very tail end, you know, Matthew Morgan, you know, dies of fright, basically seeing Josette's ghost. And, and Bill Malloy's um, ghost. Burke and Roger find Vicky, so that's all well and good now. So yeah, and that's pretty much when Laura comes into the scene, walks into the diner, and starts her journey back in Collinwood. This is a whole new saga of Dark Shadows. This is, I mean, Burke is still out to get his revenge. Yes. He's still on the quest, but... And now he's really on fire because of Bill Malloy's death. Yes, he's he's on fire and... With Laura coming back, that refuels everything that he had intended and everything that he plans to do. Because, And we'll get into this, but Laura is the only other person besides these three guys mm-hmm. that really knew what happened that night. Right. So, right. And it even comes up um, during this saga, um, the paranoia once again, you know, with Roger. It all starts all over again. Even Sam is asking, does Laura know the truth about that night or... One thing I kind of want to mention, they chose Diana Millay to play Laura Collins. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there was no other choice but Diana Millay. Yeah. Because she brought something to Laura that I just couldn't see anybody else bringing to her. Mm -hmm. She... The way she talked and the way way she she carried herself into Laura. Yeah, she carried herself, Yeah. And the one interesting thing, and we touched on this uh, before, but the w- one interesting fact about Diana Malay, she was actually months pregnant when she got the job mm-hmm. as Laura Collins. Mm-hmm. She's often wearing these long flowy dresses or jackets to hide her little belly bump, and it, it's just adorable to me. You can kind of tell if you're looking in the right place. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I love that Bob Costello gave a pregnant mom a job and just kind of took a chance on her, and it ended up being a wonderful, excellent decision. I, I just... I have to just go on and on about Diana Malay. I just, I love her so much. But let's start from the beginning. Yes. So before we get too far off topic here. So our first scene that we see Laura Collins is right at the tail end of the Bill Malloy uh, era. Matthew is dead and Bill Malloy is dead. And every confident that Elizabeth Stoddard has is dead. Everybody's dead. So whatever secrets that Elizabeth is holding, she no longer has anyone to go to not that she did before because not even even these two guys that were very loyal to her knew what knew knows what her secrets are yeah so laura collins shows up in the collinsport hotel in the diner where maggie's working maggie and joe are in there small talking like they always do joe's drinking his coffee and in walks laura and she just sits down at a table by herself Mm -hmm. and you know joe ends up leaving shortly after that because he's got to go to work or whatever and you know she goes over to laura and asks can i get you anything you know and she's like oh i'm still deciding whatever but eventually laura goes up to the bar after joe leaves actually Mm -hmm. laura moves up to the bar and eventually asks about are the Collins, you know? How, how, how are the Collins? How are the Collins? What doing? are they up to? And, and Maggie's like, oh, the town can't breathe unless they breathe. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Maggie. <laughs> and then after she asks about the Collins, you know, she asks about them like individually, like, right. is Roger still around? How about Liz? And then finally she asks, well, what about little David Collins? Right. And Maggie's like, oh, butter would mount in his mouth. <laughs> oh, yeah. As well as steel. 
She's yes. like, there's nothing typical about him at all, though I'm sure a nice dungeon would help. Oh, man. I mean, what summing, a line. Up, summing up a child. What a line. But, man. But so accurate, too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> Now, Laura does this thing while she's sitting at the diner, and it just kind of caught my attention, especially this last time that I saw it. She lights up a cigarette with a match, mm-hmm. and before she blows out the match, she just stares at the flame, and she just kind of gazes at it just longingly and then whoosh, blows it out. And mm-hmm. I'm like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> that just kind of got my attention. I'm like, oh, okay, so that's our first clue that something's up with this woman, you know. Yeah. But <laughs> it's just so funny. So, But Sam sees her also and says, hey, Maggie, who's this lady over here? And she's like, oh, I don't know, Pop. I just started talking to her. I don't know her name. Yeah. And But Sam recognizes her. Yeah. And thinks that he knows who it is and calls Roger, goes to the bar to drink about it, first of all. He just, yeah. he goes to the bar because that's what Sam does and has a few drinks and gets pretty drunk and then calls Roger yeah. and says, get down here in two seconds flat. The worst possible thing that could have happened has happened. Yeah. And Roger gets there and he's totally impatient because he doesn't want anything to do with Sam Evans. He's already irritated that Sam has this hold over him. And Sam doesn't come right out and tell Roger why he's demanded him to be there. Yeah. And Roger, in his pompous and impatient way, asks Sam what it is he has to tell him or if he's going to pass out first. Right. <laughs> he's like, are you going to tell me or are you going to pass out first? Right. And, and I'd like to point out before we go any further, like... Especially with the mood that's always going on in Collinsport, you know, it's always a dark, heavy, mm. heavy mood. But at like there was one point where, you know, Maggie's just questioning Laura and mm-hmm. stuff and, you know, well, I mean, why are you here? Are you from here? Are you in for the holidays, visiting family? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, they never um recognize major holidays in the show. They never do acknowledge it. They like don't. Christmas, Thanksgiving, not even birthdays barely. Mm-hmm. But I looked at the air date of this episode that Laura showed up and it was December 14th of 66. So right before Christmas, like Christmas. a week before Christmas. 10 days before Christmas. So, days. you know, you can just get, just imagine the feel that the town, you know, should be in, you know, the mm-hmm. holiday spirit, you know, the town's decorated probably. Might be a little bit snowy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I like, I like, wanted to point that out because you know they never acknowledge major holidays and we can just get the feel of what time of year it is right um, when she arrives and right. it's just right before christmas that is pretty so, cool yeah something that's easily passed over if you're not paying enough attention you know yeah. so that, that's that is a pretty good thing to point out i love it <laughs> yeah but yeah sam's just hounding maggie about laura like what's her name what did she say you know does she have family here basically asked Maggie to probe the crap out of this woman and find out who she is. Right. But Sam, in the back of his mind, in his heart, he knows. He knows who it is. Yeah. He knows it's Laura Collins. Yeah. And that's why he's demanded Roger at the bar. He's like, get your butt down here. We got to talk. He gets more drunk. He says, Roger asked him, are you going to pass out before you tell me what you got to tell me? And... Sam says he's I'm gonna get I'm gonna get drunk I'm gonna be I want to be as close to passing out as I can possibly be before I tell you mm-hmm. and he asked Roger what is the worst possible thing that could happen and Roger because he's so impatient he's he doesn't care he just wants him to get to the point and he's not really biting or getting the point just yet and he tells Sam that the worst possible thing that could happen was that Sam became his social equal yeah what a snob, Roger. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> but Sam turns around and tells him, well, to be your equal would be the worst thing in the world for me, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so basically, Sam tells him, your wife is back. I've seen her. Yeah. I wasn't sure it was her at first, but I do. I know now. 
And he just, he antagonizes Roger. And, and Sam knows what this means for Roger. Yeah. Even if we don't know the whole situation at this point yet. And the fact that he's getting such satisfaction from this is just hilarious to me. Mm -hmm. Because Roger has been holding this over his head and hounding him. Don't you dare say a word. I paid you so much money and I wish you'd just get out of town before you get us all into trouble. But Sam is getting such a kick out of being the one that, that and Roger doesn't know. He's the one that gets to tell Roger. And it just... Yeah. It's so funny. And maybe now Roger will get off his back at least a little with Laura coming back. Because let us not forget that not only was Roger and Burke in the car the night that the man was killed, but so was Roger's wife. Yeah. And Laura Collins knows the truth about what happened when the man was killed with Burke's car. She fully knows that Roger is the one who was driving the car that night. Yeah. And Roger knows that Laura coming back means that his whole charade of denying that he was at fault could come crashing down. Right. And he even mentions, I think, to Sam when he was talking to Sam in the bar, like they're discussing where is she staying and why hasn't she gotten in touch with me yet? And did Burke bring her here? Right. Right. Is this one of Burke's games? Yep. <laughs> so... I mean, Roger has paid off Sam, and Sam has something to lose if he tells what he knows, but Laura is a whole other ball game, yeah. and we don't even know what the relationship between Roger and Laura is yet. We just know that Laura was sent away. Yeah. We don't know why yet, and we don't know what their relationship is like. We don't know if they were constantly fighting. We, we just don't know, yeah. and we don't know what the air was like when she was sent away or when she went away. Yeah. So that's where we, Roger knows and the <laughs> Yeah, and after the bar, uh, you know, Roger goes home. Mm -hmm. And of course, he has to tell Liz oh, definitely. what's going on. And Liz comes in to the drawing room and asks where he's been. And he tells her he's been at the Blue Whale with Evans. Mm. <laughs> Not Sam, just Evans. Evans. And, and she's like, well, what's up? You know, and he's like, well, let me pour you a brandy first. You might need it. And he informs her that Laura has come back. And now Liz feels about the same way Roger does for once. Roger um, calls the hotel while he's in the drawing room with her to confirm that she's checked in. And she's checked in under Laura Murdoch. Her, her maiden name. Her yep. maiden name. Liz notices the same hes hesitation to talk to Laura and Roger as Maggie does in her dad. You know, like, neither of them want to actually face Laura. They're getting Liz and Maggie or whatever trying to get information. That is so true. Through a third party. They're just too scared to face her that is so themselves, true. it seems. I didn't get that when I watched. That is so funny. But yeah. you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So, while all of this is happening at Collinwood, Sam goes home after drinking all night. Yeah. And Maggie urges him just to sleep. Please just sleep, Pop. You don't need any more to drink. Mm -hmm. But Sam wants to paint. He's he's got he's got this this desire and this urge to paint like a drunk epiphany. Yeah, he he's, he's like I he says I got a good idea and I want to get it on a canvas before I forget about it. Mm -hmm. And the next morning, Maggie sees what he's painted. It's not obviously it's not finished yet. You can't. It's like a charcoal sketch yeah, right now. Right. He start he started on it and Maggie was like, it looks like a woman who's engulfed in flames. Mm -hmm. She's like, and it gives me the creeps. Yeah. And from Sam's reaction, we can tell that it gives him the creeps too. Not to mention he didn't even, like, he didn't re even remember doing it. Right. He and woke this, up and didn't even remember that he had sketched that. Right. And this is something that keeps happening throughout this whole storyline with, with Laura. Sam keeps having compulsions to paint this picture yeah. of a woman on fire and in fire, and he cannot figure out why. Yeah. So, and sorry, just to make this quick point, because we're kind of at that point, 
he lights up a smoke as well or a cigar or whatever he smokes he lit it with a match as well and he had the same stare into that flame that laura that did. laura did yes. in the diner yes he had that same sensation and then yes. he whew, puffed it out you yes know? so i yeah so all of a sudden sam's got this obsession with the woman in fire and he can't stop painting her mm -hmm. we jump to burke who doesn't know that laura's in town yet Right. And Mrs. Johnson hears Elizabeth and Roger talking about it at yeah. Collinwood. She's still eavesdropping for Burke. Yes. So she goes back to his hotel room to report to him. Yeah. She tells them that they're pretty nervous up there at the big house. And Burke thinks, well, I just bought Logan's Port Cannery. Of course they're nervous. You know, he right. thinks that it's because he's putting the squeeze on their business. Mm -hmm. And Mrs. Johnson says it's not that. He said the, She said the reason for all the unrest at Collinwood is that Laura Collins has returned. And yeah. Burke has the wind knocked right out of him. Mm -hmm. Right out of him. And we find out that Burke tried to spring her from the nut house she was in. Yeah. And doctors said, that it wasn't a good idea she wasn't ready mentally and she just she wasn't well and now that burke knows burke sets out to find laura and talk with her like he even calls down oh p.s last episode we talked about the hotel clerk i learned his name oh. this last episode his <laughs> name is mr wells mr wells <laughs> so that's he, right he calls down to mr wells he's no longer the hotel clerk for me he calls down <laughs> to mr wells and asks if Laura Collins has checked in there, he's like, no, there's no Laura Collins here. And, and Mrs. Johnson in the background, she checked in under her maiden name. He was like, oh, Laura Murdoch. He knew that about her because, of course, they used to date. Right. And so there's no answer at Laura's room. But yeah. he's convinced that Laura coming back is his big break for his quest for revenge. Right. His quote, Laura is the key. My troubles started with her and they're going to end with her. Whew. Yeah. So he goes, yeah, and that's when, you know, he goes and knocks on her door and obviously no answer. But right. that is when we find out where Laura was and she was out taking a walk on purpose or not. She was around the old house area and David was just out there, just happened to be out there playing mm -hmm. and swinging on the swing outside the house. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's just kind of gazing at him like she was gazing into the fire, you know, mm -hmm. and that was all of that pretty much and then that's when she goes knocking on Collinwood's door she does she finds herself at Collinwood and hello Roger hello Laura you know and <laughs> <laughs> awkward right and yeah there was no but the thing I want to point out between these two hello Roger hello Laura there was no love in either one of their eyes absolutely it was not. just a cold it was a okay well I can't ignore you here you are yeah. you know <laughs> so Laura tells Roger and Liz that she has come back for a divorce and she wants to reclaim her son. Yeah. David, who is asleep, wakes up suddenly and goes running out through the front door of Collinwood and shouting after his mother. He know he does not know that his mother has been there. Doesn't know. But we have noticed he's been super restless the entire time he's been put to bed like yes. mrs johnson put him to bed and they just keep flashing back to him one or two times and, and he's, he's just tossing and turning restless it. yes so and so he didn't know that his mom was there but he runs out the front doors of collinwood shouting after his mother yeah and liz is concerned that laura is back mostly for david yeah she's mostly concerned that for david that laura is back yeah. and she becomes very protective of david like even more so because she's not sure that his mother being back is the best thing for him yeah now in shadows on the wall our original story bible laura collins was supposed to be roger collins alcoholic wife 
who had come back to Collinwood to, to solely to claim her son, David, which is what ended up happening. That's why she came back. But here's the difference. Laura, as an ordinary, she was an ordinary human being in Shadows on the Wall. She was meant to have died under mysterious circumstances, which would have led to Victoria Winter's arrest and tried for her murder. Wow. However, since the show was shifting its focus towards the supernatural, they decided to make her an immortal phoenix, and they definitely downplayed her alcoholism. Definitely. So a little bit of trivia for you. Wow. Um, So that's how Laura was originally supposed to be if they had gone with shadows on the wall. But because they were focusing towards the supernatural, we get Laura Collins the Phoenix. Which, by the way, I love that we got Laura Collins the Phoenix instead of Laura Collins the alcoholic wife. The alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> that, the, the alcoholic wife was just a little bit too soap opera for me. Yeah. But. Yeah. And we all know how that ends. So I'm going to go ahead and jump to Burke's first meeting of Laura. Yeah. Since she's back. Yeah. There is a look on Burke's face. And he says that even after 10 years of planning this meeting and thinking about what he was going to say, wondering if he would be angry and wondering what she would say, he's at a total loss for words and doesn't know what to say. Mm -hmm. And I think that all the feelings he once had for Laura all came flooding back at the sight of her. Yeah. And this was another genuine moment for Burke. And it was really nice to see Burke's human side. Mm -hmm. And this is another time we get to see his human side. And I... Again, it just made me love Burke just a little bit more. Every time, as the show progresses, you stop seeing him as this villain who's trying to destroy the Collins family, and you start seeing Burke Devlin, the man. Right. And I just, little by little, we see Burke soften more and more. And I I just, I I love it to death. Until he's a puddle of mud for Biggie. exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So they have the small talk about the past and how they are or how they each are now and how they how different they both are and he tells her that he tried to see her at the mental hospital and that the doctors told him that hers was a lost cause her case was a lost cause mm-hmm. and she tells him that she's back for David and he tells her that David needs her and that they are friends and David confides in Burke and David is the kind of son Burke would have liked to have had and would have been the type the kind of son they would have had together and Laura says this thing that makes me go hmm it's been brought up before she says yes burke exactly the kind Mm. so now the question comes back is he burke's son or is he roger's son right right and i mean it's just something i don't even think the story bible touches on does it uh no no it doesn't like as Um, a final answer you know no it doesn't the uh shadows on the wall doesn't touch on it that i have read just yet however there is something i want to just mention that kind of cements it for me hi kitty hi kitty um but there there is something that kind of cements david being roger's son and this is way on down the line and smack middle of the series when we see quentin collins Mm -hmm. quentin wants david yeah he wants him because he's the spitting image of jameson collins yeah and now that tells me that this boy is probably most likely a collins and not a Devlin. Yeah. So I, I don't know. That that kind of cemented it for me because we really didn't. That's a good point. We didn't get the tail end of, you know, whose son is he actually. Right. You know? But that is a very good point. I, I think if he had been Burke's son, Quentin probably wouldn't have wanted anything to do with him. And, and why if does he look so and if much? Something, if that's something they overlooked, then there's your there's there the one thing i'm learning more and more and the thing that we've all we've kind of always known at watching this show there are a few plot holes 
but eventually the story continuity gets on track and we, you know. Yeah, you can put things together. Right, and that's that's where I'm at with David. Yeah. They're each going, if he is. And Roger even brings up to Laura, he, he was like, he was like, the happiest day of my life is when you leave and take David with, take my son with you. And then he goes, if David is my son. Oof. And... So it keeps. I mean, getting, he got it right. Yeah, he he keeps getting it keeps getting brought up and, and brought up, you know. Yeah. And but we never get the end of it. It kind of you know fizzles out. But David has talked and talked about wanting his mother to come back over and over. And as soon as he sees her, he runs back up to his room and tells Vicky that is not my mother and doesn't want to see her. Mm. And he keeps on not wanting to see her and not admitting that he's afraid of her. But clearly, clearly he's afraid of his mother. Yeah. And he keeps having these dreams about his mother, that she's standing in flames, mm -hmm. and she's calling to him to, to join her. And this dream keeps just over and over and over. Even when Roger and Liz go to tell him that his mother is back, he already knows. Because, you know, he's run out the door calling after his mother. Right. And he claims that he keeps having this dream about a woman in a blue coat staring into the fire and calling his name. He keeps having these dreams about her engulfed in fire and yeah, calling to him. It's the same reoccurring dream. So fast forwarding just a little bit, because this kind of goes on for a little bit. Yeah. Roger calls up Gardner and Garner, Frank and Richard, and wants to know how soon he can get divorced. And he tells Richard Garner, who defended him in the manslaughter case, P.S., that Laura, having Laura back in town makes him nervous and thinks that Burke can work on her and get her to change her testimony. So he would like to give her what she wants so that she can leave town as soon as possible before Burke has a chance to work on her. Right. Even Richard Garner thinks that Roger is hiding something. He, he was like, Roger, is there something you want to tell me? He was like, no, I just don't want Burke to, you know, work on her, and blah, 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 you know. I just want her out of here. Yeah, exactly. And Roger made him drop everything and come to Collinwood from Bangor simply to talk about his divorce proceedings. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> the desperation on Roger, it just keeps getting more and more as the show progresses. Yeah. And, and didn't his son join him on that trip, and that's when him and Vicky... He did. Be and, and and Roger was like, I was talking to your dad, not you. And he was like, I brought Frank. I brought Frank along because he does the divorce. He 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 knows the divorce proceedings better than I do. Right, that's his field. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, he went with him. Mm -hmm. So you know, he takes the opportunity to talk to Vicky and let her know that Garner and Garner is going to be opening a branch at Collinsport in mm -hmm. Collinsport, mm -hmm. and that he hopes he will see more of her if she's going to stay in town after Laura leaves with David and everything. Yeah, she didn't know. <laughs> because that's Vicky's job. If David leaves, that's her job. Yeah, and, and so, Vicky didn't know that that was the plan. Right. Vicky was a little shocked at the news, but, you know, she wants a good parent for David and doesn't want him to experience life the way she has. Right, she had no parents. So, she... I mean, if there's a chance... I mean, it seems like Laura is much more interested in David than Roger. Yeah, Vicky so, definitely took a special interest. You gotta give her interest. that. <laughs> yeah. She, she took a very special interest in David and his mom because she wanted him. She, she Vicky is a very smart girl, and she knows what Roger offers David, and that's a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. And so she's, she's very, at this point, she's very set on David knowing his mother and getting to love his mother. Yeah. Sheriff Patterson has been around to see Roger and Laura to let them know that Ro there's been a fire in Laura's Phoenix apartment. She oh, came from Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. And that there's been a fatality. And the body was recovered and burned beyond recognition, but they were pretty sure it was 
Laura Collins. Oh my God. And here, right here is one of one, just one of many clues that something is off about Laura Collins. We had that little, that little subtle thing where she was staring at the flames with her match. Right. And we were like, oh, okay, maybe she likes fire, you mm -hmm. know, but now we have this, this fire in her Phoenix apartment. It started, there was no signs of forced entry. The door was locked right. and a fire started in her apartment and only one person died and they've identified it as Laura Collins. We find out that she spent a lot of time in the nut house after the manslaughter case. Um, and that was, th this was what they downplayed. She was an alcoholic, she had mental issues and so she spent some time in a mental institution. And she also provided false information about the car crash that killed the man yeah. and that Burke was supposedly driving. Yeah. And Burke has been knocking down her door already to provide, provide the police with correct info about the manslaughter case. He uses his best weapon against Laura, which in my opinion is his undying charm. Yeah. <laughs> Burke, yeah. and I heard this somewhere, I don't remember where I heard this, but Burke Devlin is kind of like our Barnabas Collins in this era. You know, he is the stranger, he's charming, you know, everybody is just like drawn to him. And he was kind of like Barnabas Collins in the in these first few episodes. Minus yeah. minus being a vampire, of course, but but he was the stranger that nobody knew, but he was so charming, kind of like the way that Barnabas ends up being when we get him the first time. And, right, right. But I just kinda wanted to throw that out there. I heard that I heard that comparison and it did kind of like, yeah, it's kind of right, you know. Yeah. So you know, we already know that he and Laura used to be an item, but Laura married Roger because Roger's got a lot of money. Yeah. And Laura Laura even told him, I thought I would like the kind of life that you could provide for me. I thought I'd like being a Collins, you know. <laughs> so. <laughs> at least you're honest, girl. Yeah, at least she's honest, you know. So they're caught together at the cottage by Roger, who comes slamming in the door with his gun drawn, get away from my wife, you know. Yeah, no. <laughs> and he's ready to kill Burke on sight. He warns him he just to wants a reason to kill Burke. Yes, yes. <laughs> and he warns him to stay away from Laura. And just as Roger's ready to pull the trigger, Burke grabs the gun and it goes off. And Roger swears, and I'll kill you, Burke, if it's the last thing I do. <laughs> and Roger starts his crap on his wife. What did he say? What were y'all talking about? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and Laura's been lucky up till now. She is just coming into Roger's madness about the manslaughter case. Right. But he doesn't waste a moment to question Laura on whether or not David is his son. The happiest day of my life will be when you go and take my son with you, if David is my son. You mm. know? David is still set on not seeing Laura because he's terrified of her and he's convinced that she's not his mom. And Vicky promises to Roger that she's going to do everything she can to bring them together because she just wants that for David. She's she's right. very set on it. And this is a very, very tender subject for Vicky. She grew up an orphan with no one, would have given anything to know her parents. And here David has a chance to have a real relationship with his mom and he doesn't even want to talk to her. Yeah. I think it's breaking Vicky's heart a little bit. Yeah. So Vicky comes up with this brilliant idea to arrange a quote-unquote chance meeting Mm -hmm. so that the two of them can meet and she suggests let's meet by the greenhouse we go on a walk every day yeah. and but Laura wants to meet on Widow's Hill and when they meet he's so afraid of her that he nearly goes over the ledge yeah. now first of all why would Laura want to meet in the most dangerous place in all of Collinwood like Liz has been very gracious and given her permission to stay at Matthew Morgan's cottage, you know, mm -hmm. now that he's dead. She has the entire grounds, miles and miles of property to meet her son. And she chose Widow's Hill. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense to me. And it very nearly costed David his life. Yeah. And Laura pulls the oldest trick in the book. Vicky manages to pull David back up from the cliff and Laura starts crying. Yeah. Now... I do feel like some of those tears were probably real. It probably did hurt her that her son didn't even want to talk to her. Mm -hmm. But 
us girls have that defense mechanism. We can, <laughs> most of us can start crying on cue. Mm-hmm. But David feels guilty for making his mom cry and, and, and does accept her. And from here, they're inseparable. Yeah. But David still has these frightening and these strange dreams about his mother. And it's always the same dream over and over. His mother is engulfed in flames and she calls to David over and over. Yeah. Laura tells David the soliloquy that she oh, told Maggie. Beautiful soliloquy. About the phoenix. And basically I, telling him all about what a phoenix is and what what it does and that it dies and it's reborn from the ashes and it's a beautiful beautiful bird legendary bird said to live forever and says it gets older and older but never loses its beauty and is a, it has a scarlet head and body and it's eyes are sea blue and its wings are iridescent and dave was like oh it must be pretty old and 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 she was like it's pretty fascinating it doesn't grow old for hundreds of years and even then it doesn't lose its beauty Mm. and you know it tells them that you know it goes to prepare a nest and and in the morning the nets the nest catches fires from the sun's rays and it keeps fanning the flames with its wings and Mm -hmm. then it's everything is just smoldering to ashes and from the ashes the phoenix is reborn and it's all it's beautiful (laughs) and uh it goes on to live the next hundred years in paradise yeah and oh man gives me chills every time i hear laura collins say it it's just it's beautiful yeah and diana malay she was beautiful and charming but just a little bit sinister yeah and i thought she executed the story of the phoenix beautifully and i felt like i could see that phoenix perfectly while she told the story yeah another clue is that sam evans has been just mesmerized and his thoughts have been consumed by fire literally and figuratively all he can think of is this woman who's surrounded by fire it's so much that he paints this vision in his head, and when he finishes the painting, the woman's face is that of Laura. And Roger, of course, just tells him, well, you just drunk. you yeah. just drunk. Yeah. But obviously, it's clearly disturbing to him. It's clearly disturbing to Maggie, and he can't figure out why he's painting Laura over and over, and he definitely can't figure out why he's painting her in flames. The morning after, Laura comes to get David after she tells him the soliloquy of the Phoenix. Laura comes to get David and asks Vicky if they can play hooky for the day so that she can spend time with her son. And Vicky, being an orphan herself and never finding out about her parentage, feels for David being re- reunited with his mother and gives him the day off to be with Laura. And David takes Laura to the old house to meet some of his ghost friends, <laughs> uh, namely Josette Collins. She doesn't show, of course. Josette doesn't show. And David thinks it's because there are two of them there. She only appears to one person at a time. So he leaves his mother there in hopes that Josette will show herself to his mother. And the portrait of Josette just starts to glow. And Laura just looks really uneasy. Mm -hmm. And David comes back and asks if she came. And Laura was like, no. But there was definitely something strange that happened between those two. And... Josette's been known to protect members of the Collins family. She even protected Vicky when Matthew Morgan was trying to kill her. Yeah. And Josette knew that something was up with Laura, and I think the glowing of the portrait was kind of her way of warning Laura not to harm David. Right. However, I was reading again on uh, Dark Shadows Wiki um, when I was kind of researching Laura. I, I thought that there was some contention between Laura and Josette, and I couldn't figure it out if it was just two supernatural entities butting heads. Right. You know, one good entity, one technically bad entity. Yeah. But Laura is clearly uneasy when she realizes that Josette is a real spirit at Collinwood. And I thought, at first, I thought that Laura just simply feared Josette. Yeah. 
which could, which certainly was pro- probably part of it. But for all for those of us who know the story of Laura, we know that she's a phoenix, and she's supposed to be reborn approximately every hundred years and consumed by fire as an adult every hundred years. But actually, she has many lives in the Dark Shadows timeline. Yeah, like she's got centuries. Yeah. Centuries <laughs> under her belt. Definitely. She's hundreds and hundreds of years old. Yeah. Through the whole timeline, she had been married to three Collinses, mm-hmm. Jeremiah, Edward, and Roger. Mm-hmm. In total, there were seven incarnations of Laura's scene, or a reference to, during the run of the series. Mm-hmm. So later, we go back to 1795, we find out that Josette Dupre was married to Jeremiah Collins as well. Mm -hmm. So the uneasiness and the contention between these two was not merely fear. It was one of the oldest fights in history, the fight over a man. Mm -hmm. That's so true. So these two beautiful women were both married to the same man at one point. Laura Collins was married to Jeremiah first, and then Josette comes along... Again, this is a whole other saga. And we'll, <laughs> I don't want to get into too much detail, but Josette was also married to, to Jeremiah Collins. So these two, well, I was his wife. Well, I was his wife first. <laughs> is that the beef? It, yeah. Girls. So we learned that Josette Collins is the one who's been making all these things happen. Sam Evans consumed by this woman and fire and his compulsion to keep on painting this woman. She's also re- responsible for David's nightmares over and over. Yeah. And it's she who gives Vicky all of the signs that David's life is in danger the night that Laura is reborn in the flames. Yeah. So back on track here because... That's later on down. That is later on down the line. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here. But But yeah, so back on track, Vicky takes the day to go and visit Maggie and her father, you know, because Laura and David are out Mm -hmm. having a good time. She mentions to Maggie that she probably won't have a job at Collinwood much longer because of Laura, um, that she's come back to take David to live with her, um, if he agrees, and they won't be needing Vicky much longer. Yep, and this is that line that Maggie says that cracks me up so much every time I hear it. She was like, is Roger up to his old tricks again, working on Miss Daughter to give you the old heave-ho? Right. <laughs> Maggie has said she's much a smart aleck, and I love it. <laughs> but Maggie proceeds to ask Vicky if Laura has come back only to get David, and Vicky assures her that what Mrs. Collins has said is just that. Yeah. She just wants David. Well, because Maggie is worried about her pop because he seems very nervous around Laura. Right. And and that she's all of a sudden come back, and Laura can provide information about the manslaughter case. But, you know, Maggie, of course, doesn't know any of that yet. She just knows something's up, and her dad won't talk about it. Right. And she says that she thinks the strange things that are happening lately are centered around Laura. And yep. Maggie tells Vicky about the picture that Sam painted while he was loaded and talks about how eerie it is and how much it scared her. Mm-hmm. Um, she tells Vicky that Sam didn't want to paint it, but just seems to be compelled, but wouldn't let anyone see it. Yeah, she eventually, she was like, she's like, Vicky, I, I got to show it to you. I can't explain it without showing it to you. Yeah. And so she shows her the unfinished painting and she's compelled immediately to buy it. Sam is ready to just chuck it into the ocean. Right. And, but he does give it to Vicky and free of charge. And then he goes off to the blue well to drink about it. (laughs) (laughs) And Vicky says she's not, she doesn't know why she likes the painting, but she just feels like it's, it's a very important painting. And she says, it's almost like this painting is the real reason I came here, you know, and, and she brings it home and, and David is just, let me see it. I want to see it. And she pulls off the wrapping and David just immediately, my dream, how can someone paint my dream? Yeah. 
you know, David's been having all these dreams about his mom and fire, and there's Laura in this painting in the midst of all this fire. Yeah. And and there's a little portion on the painting that's empty. Like, it's a rather large section. Yeah, yeah. David falls in love with it because the painting looks just like his mom. Yeah. And Laura and Vicky, they bo- they're they both trying to talk David out of keeping the painting, but to no, no, no use at all. David is set on having it and won't let anyone tell him different. And he takes it and hangs it in his room. And Laura comes to take the painting down. And David, <laughs> being a little manipulative twerp, tells her that if she takes it, he won't speak to her or see her anymore. So Laura leaves, defeated. And he also makes the same threat to Roger later when he tries to take it. If you take it, I'll never speak to my mom again. But I was going to say, yeah, I would never speak to you again. I mean, I'd never speak to you again anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> Roger would probably love that, but Can't no. really hold that one against him. And and David knew it. That's why he threatened to not talk to his mother. He was like, yeah, I know you. I know you'd enjoy that a little too much. Right. <laughs> so now that the painting is out of the Evans house, Sam comes home from the blue well, and he feels so much better now that this painting of Laura is gone. He's got a new brilliant idea for a painting. And then he realizes as he's sketching, he's sketching the very same painting he just got rid of. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and the whole time it's Josette compelling him to do this. She's warning everyone that this woman is dangerous. There's something going up with this woman, Mm -hmm. you know. And I don't think that her being Jeremiah's wife was all the beef. I mean, Laura was clearly dangerous. Yeah, and Josette is there to protect the Collinses. Right, exactly. Especially David. David seems to be the one that she is, you know, she's definitely out to protect. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because he's the last of the Collinses, and without him, the Collins name doesn't go on. Or he's, in all of this, David's, like, pretty much the innocent one. Yeah. I mean, minus the rigging his dad's car and all. Yeah. But, I mean, he's an innocent to all that goes on around him. Right. You know? I think that the the rigging his car and and causing his car to fail was only a symptom of what was really wrong with David. Yeah. Even though it was very, very bad, I still think it was just a a symptom of what was really going on. Yeah. But, so David has a dream about Laura and her head coming out of the painting, or or is it a dream? We don't know. We we kind of think it's probably not a dream, but he says it was a dream. But Laura's head is coming out of the painting and calling to him, and Liz convinces him to take it down. And the next day, David visits Sam Evans to ask him why he painted his dream. Mm -hmm. And Sam tells Vicky that his visions are exactly the way that David describes his dreams. And he tells Vicky that he started another painting exactly like the one he gave to her. There's an empty space, you know, where the woman appears to be holding something, but Sam doesn't know what's supposed to be there. Yeah. And Vicky tells him that she felt compelled to take the last painting to Collinwood and says that she didn't want it and it scares her. And all of the events that happened, her showing it to David and taking it home, says that something or someone made her do it. Well, we know it's Josette, but they don't know that. (laughs) So uh, back at Collinwood, uh, Detective Riley shows up and wants to talk to Laura. And he's investigating the fire in Laura's apartment in Phoenix. Mm. And he says that he has brought a few items of jewelry that were salvaged to see if uh, Liz could identify any of it. And she finds the locket that she says Roger gave to her when they were married. And Vicky tells Riley that Laura showed her a locket she was wearing that contained a lock of David's hair. And it's impossible that this locket could have been found in the apartment because Laura was already wearing it. Yeah. And Riley opens the locket and finds a lock of hair in it. And they try to convince Vicky that she's mistaken and it's got to be a different locket. And she asks Liz if she can go with her to the trip to the cottage to see Laura. 
and she has to see for herself that it's a different locket. And they get there, and of course, Laura tells Vicky that she has to be mistaken, and that she told Vicky about the locket, and yeah. you know, over and over and over. Yeah, again. you're mistaken. You're crazy. <laughs> yeah. That night, you know, moving on to that evening, you know, once again, David continues to have this dream about his mom, the reoccurring dream. Laura goes to see Sam Evans and demands that he stop painting the second picture he started. Mm -hmm. And he says he has no control over it, and she tells him she will make him stop. Later, there's um, a fire in the Evans cottage. Yep, yep. Sam had ended up falling asleep with a lit cigarette in his hand. No one else will believe it, but Sam says that Laura is the reason the fire started and that he was has never fallen asleep with a lit cigarette ever yeah. in his life yeah sam's hands got burnt in the fire which means he can't paint until they're healed mm -hmm. after that i think maggie goes up to collinwood to talk with laura herself mm -hmm. and to tell him that her father blamed her blamed laura yeah blamed laura roger in his snide pompous way says that evans is a drunk and it was bound to happen to his own to his own freaking daughter, daughter. yeah <laughs> yep. so Roger tries to remove the painting from David's room, and David, of course, throws a temper tantrum. And uh, this is kind of where we see a little bit of change in Roger. Now, granted, some of this is a bit of a, is a little bit of manipulation because he desperately wants David to love his mother so that he'll go away with her. But before, Roger wouldn't have even have bothered with David in this temper tantrum. He would have ignored it and just let Vicky and Liz handle it. Yeah. But he sat down on the bed with David. He was like, David, I love you. You're my son. And of course, I would miss you if you went away. And before, Roger wouldn't have done that. He was just like, whatever, David, and left the room. Yeah. So I feel like this was the start of the change in Roger. Right. And he showed some compassion with David, which before, even if he was just trying to be manipulative, he wouldn't have even have bothered. Right. You know, so I, I understand that there was a, a reason for what he was doing. But at the same time, it's not, it's very uncharacteristic of Roger to the, up, up to this point. And I kind of like to think maybe, you know... You never know what you got till it's gone, and maybe something flashed in before his eyes mentally, and right. he could really be gone. And then right. what? And then what is my life? Right, for, for real. Exactly. I, so, maybe. Yeah, and I agree with you. That's around the point where his attitude we, started, we started to shift. Some change. Yeah. Yeah. So now Vicky has started to catch on with the events going on. She realizes that fire is the common thread and she just, but she cannot, she can't put the pieces together just yet. The fire in Laura's apartment in Phoenix, David's dreams about his mother in fire, Sam Evans painting a woman in fire. And now Sam has burned his hands because there was a fire at the cottage. And she goes to Burke and tells him what she suspects. And she tells him that she doesn't trust Laura and that she lied to her about this locket. And really quickly, it's been kind of nice in these <laughs> past few moments, um, we don't have the whole Carolyn being jealous. Oh my goodness. Like when we have Vicki and Burke in the same sentence, we yes. don't have to say, oh, and Carolyn this and Carolyn that. Yes, and this, <laughs> this right after this where she, you know, where he confronts Laura and Laura convinces Burke that she's true to him and that she'll help him with the manslaughter case if he'll help her with David. Vicki doesn't buy into it. She's convinced that Laura is not to be trusted. This is where Burke finally kicks Carolyn to the curb. Uh, right. And okay. with Laura back, he has no more use for Carolyn. Okay. He yeah. has everything he needs in Laura, or so he thinks. Carolyn admits that she's made a fool of herself with Burke, that this was one of those moments where I literally yelled at the TV and I said, really, little girl? You're just now figuring this out. Yeah. This is what everyone's been saying to you all along. 
But you got to come up with it on your own. Yeah, so. exactly. It's there just, you go. <laughs> <laughs> when you get into a show, the way that we have gotten into Dark Shadows, you know, it, like I said before, it's it's real for me, and it's one of those. It's personal. It's personal. <laughs> <laughs> but so she's pretty. She's pretty bitter about the whole thing you know she goes up to burke's room and and he was like oh i would really just think we should break ties just make a clean break and and she was like i only have one word to say to you goodbye and slam goodbye goodbye (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but but finally he's kicked her to the curb finally so So, that's over um and Next is kind of one of my favorite parts, one of the next things that kind yes, of happens. this is one of the pivotal moments in Dark Shadows. I like this part, and it's when Josette's ghost comes to David's room and finishes the unfinished painting that yes. he has. And now David appears in the fire next to his mom. Yes. Vicky brings it to Roger and Sam, who has shown up and wants to see the painting because he had a vision that the painting had been finished. Yes. So, and Roger destroys the painting in the fireplace, and they hear a blood-curdling scream coming from mm-hmm, the fireplace. Mm-hmm. David is furious that his father took it, and then he bursts into tears when he realizes the painting has been burned. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, it broke not, my heart not, a little bit. Not that part, but the Josette part, the, fin- the yes. whole finishing the painting. It. Oh, I had chills when Me I watched too. it. Me too. Me uh, too. Oh. And that's when we realize that Josette's the one that's been doing all of this, yes. you know? Yes, yes. So... Detective Riley is back, and he tells the family that the woman who died in Phoenix in Laura's apartment was positively, no questions asked, identified as Laura Collins, Mm -hmm. and they asked Laura to submit to a physical, just to make sure that she is who she says she is, and... Roger goes with the detective to tell her all of this. And he was like, hold on, I want to ask some questions myself. Mm-hmm. And ask Laura, you know, what were we going to call David when he was a baby? And she, of course, had the right answer. And what was the name of the little cock- cocker spaniel we had when David mm-hmm. was a baby? And she's like, oh, we had just always called him dog because that's what David called him. And yeah. and he, t- he says, Sheriff, or he says, Detective Riley, oh, these are only things that my wife could answer. This, yeah. this, is, this is Laura, you yeah. know? And Roger is just set on having Laura leave with David. Yeah. And the whole business in Phoenix has the divorce proceedings on hold in case Laura has to go back. Because it's kind of looking like she's going to have to go back because... Testify. (laughs) And testify. So later on, Vicky and Frank have just been out on a date. When Vicky gets another one of Josette's compulsions and demands that Frank take the road that leads them to the edge of a graveyard. Okay. And despite Frank's objections, Vicky pounds on the door of the cemetery chapel and desperately tries to get someone to open the door. Eventually, the caretaker lets them in. And long story short, you know, they smell the scent of jasmine. That's Josette's scent. P.S. We always have jasmine going on when we do this podcast just to get us in the mood. That's right. That's Josette's scent is the jasmine. And... (laughs) So long story short, the caretaker tells them that L. Murdoch Stockbridge died by fire. She's buried in this crypt. And this is where we find out that Laura is, in fact, several hundred years old. Being a phoenix, she's reborn from the ashes century after century. And Vicky doesn't catch on to it until they get back to Collinwood. And Roger tells her about the woman who died in Phoenix, who is assumed to be Laura Murdoch Collins. And that for, in that first year, that her first quote-unquote death... Mm-hmm. That was, what was that, 1767? What was was that? Yes, that's when she was married to Jeremiah. So that was her first run. I believe that was her first run. I'll have to okay go back and look at it. Yes, yes it was. Laura Murdoch uh, Stockbridge. Stockbridge. And 
Um, that was the first quote unquote Laura. Right? I, I apologize. Laura Murdoch Stockbridge was her first in was her first incarnation. She wasn't married to Jeremiah just yet. Um, her second incarnation, Laura Stockbridge Collins, was when she was married to Jeremiah. Okay. So when she was married to Jeremiah was her second. Stop. So Stockbridge was like her first marriage. Yes. Got it. Yeah, so, and that was 1767. Yes. Like that, that was that like the year she was born in 17, well, born in 1735 and then she died in 1767. Okay, that's what I wanted to know. Okay. That was that's what I wanted one. to get straight there. Right. So, okay. So yeah, I guess this is where we fi- yeah, that's where we found out that from the caretaker. Yes. So, but Vicky doesn't catch on to it until Roger was like, yeah, the woman who died in Phoenix was Laura Murdoch Collins, and she was like, She's like L Murdoch, L Murdoch yeah. Stockbridge, L Murdoch Collins, and then she was like, Hmm, yeah. So, so Mrs. Johnson, who's been listening at every keyhole, mm-hmm. listening at every door, goes back to inform Berg that Laura is just playing him and Roger, and tell and she and that she's telling these two the things that only the things that they want to hear. And she tells Roger that she's only trying to keep Burke pacified. And she tells Burke that she's just being civil to Roger so that she can take David. And Burke just wants to believe that Laura is genuine to him. And Mrs. Johnson reminds him that she is the one who betrayed him 10 years ago at this manslaughter trial. That's right. So after this goes round and round and round, you know, with Laura and David and David gets more disturbed, Elizabeth goes off to the cottage and confront Laura and asks her to leave. Mm. They square off, you know, and subtly declare war on one another. And this wasn't the first time that Liz tried to get Laura to leave. This time she walked in on Laura and Burke making googly eyes and snog at each other. (laughs) And we all know how that ended. Liz, Liz leaves and goes back to the main house and faints falls off the stairs, like falls down the stairs. And this leads to her not remembering a large part of the day and then to a catatonic state and she can't speak. Mm. Uh, Elizabeth ends up having to leave Collinwood to go to a hospital in Boston because the doctors can't figure out what's wrong with her. And Carolyn assumes all of her mother's duties at Collinwood and the cannery per her mother's orders. And Roger, of course, is disgusted because he thinks it should be him that gets to call all the shots. Yeah. I don't know, guys. We've been talking a long time, and this is going to be part one of Laura Collins. Um, Yeah, Laura's a lot to talk about as well. Yes, so this is going to be our second two-parter here. Um, But we're going to stop here for the night, and the next week we will go ahead and finish it up. Yes. Um, We've got a lot of information on Laura, and but next week we get to the second half of Laura, and Liz is gone for a good chunk of this because she's in the hospital. And And we get to see Carolyn actually kind of step up and pretty much act like, start acting like an adult. Yeah, definitely. And and not a teenager anymore, you know? Definitely. Becoming... The matriarch of the house while her mother is gone. Definitely. So I like that. I like this part of this is where Carolyn turns around as well. Yes, definitely. And I like it a lot. And I, I'm, I'm enjoying talking about Laura so much. It's one of my favorite stories in Dark Shadows. Yeah. Um, but next week we'll finish it up. Um, just as a reminder, as always, if you want to reach out, we're always available. Find us on Facebook or at Between the Shadows 2021 at Gmail. But until then, remember to keep it between us and the shadows. Have a good night. Good night, everybody. I saw someone. Someone I never expected to see again. Someone you never expected to see again. You didn't properly answer my hypothetical question. I'll rephrase my question. Who is the person who could ruin your life more than anything in the world?
the person who can change your life as well as mine. That's right, Roger. That's right. Roll out the welcome mat. Here, my boy. Laura is back in town. Smile, Roger. Your wife is home. <laughs>